to the Men of Action podcast. I'm your host, Zach, and I got Andy with me. Andy is a stellar man who believes action is power, and I couldn't agree more with him because, hey, he's on the Men of Action podcast, so we got to take some action. So, and this is a channel, this is a podcast where we focus on helping men go from a zero, go from that victim mindset to that champion mindset to wicking that water inside themselves. So, Andy, welcome to the podcast. I can't wait to get to know you more and more today. Yeah, man, I'm 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 super excited to be here. Uh, man, I always you can feel your energy, and and it's uh it's exciting to be here, and and I just hope that uh, you know whatever comes out of this conversation that uh, it impacts men and and people keep continuing to take that action. Hey, and I've been following. I know we've been following each other for just uh, recently, and I gotta say, I love it. I love how you're a man on a mission, like that. You want to go out and help dads who are struggling with the divorce. So why don't we start off with telling us a little about you? Who is Andy Harris. Yeah, man, it's a, it's a, it's an interesting story. It was a, it wasn't fun. I haven't actually shared this on social yet, and I'm going to here pretty soon. Uh, talk a little bit about my rock bottom moment, but man, when when divorce hit me, it hit me hard, and I mm-hmm. I realized that I wasn't where I wanted to be. Uh, I was a, I was, you know, it, it says that uh, what when adversity hits, it doesn't um, build character; it reveals it. And sadly, my mm-hmm. character wasn't where I wanted it to be. Uh, and I, I mean, I, I went deep into, to drinking and, and eating and, uh, ballooned up to 351 pounds and wasn't, wasn't doing well, man. And, uh, you know, I was grateful in that time that, uh, somehow God still protected me and, and watched over me because I wasn't doing what I wanted to do and, and wasn't living well, wasn't, wasn't treating my ex well, wasn't, um, being there for my kid as much as I wanted to be. Uh, and you know, that, that switched. Um, and, and I'm sure we'll get into that story, but that switched, mm-hmm. uh, this last October. And uh, I just surrendered back to God and said, you know, I, I can't do this on my own and I'm struggling and I'm, I'm hurting and, and I need your help. And he showed up and I'm, I'm currently down 85 pounds. Uh, and, uh, let's thank go. You, yeah, let's go. So, uh, and you know, Tyler tote, uh, has said it numerous times where he's gone, man, you're already 200 pounds. Time just hasn't caught up yet. And, and I love that quote because that's it's the truth, man. I just, that's... I know that this is who I am now. This is where I'm going to be. I'm, I'm an active man. I love the Lord. I'm going to keep seeking him. I'm going to keep uh, being active with my boy. And and I just have a heart for divorced men. That's something that he he put on my heart. And I, I don't want to see people do what I did. Mm-hmm. I want to see people figure it out faster. And, and I really believe that he's put some of my heart with that to, to be able to help divorced men grow through and get stronger through divorce because that, that can really throw you off your track. Like life throws us curveballs, right. And when I got that curveball of divorce, I struck out, like I did not hit that curveball. And so mm-hmm. uh, I want to be able to help men have that curveball come and still be able to grow through it and heal through it. And it takes time. It takes effort. Uh, it takes work. Uh, and I want to be able to help people do that and help men do that. So I'm just excited, excited to be here and, and share that story a little bit. Yeah, well, thank you for sharing that. I know when you talk about divorce, that's such an emotional turmoil to even talk about. So one of my first questions really is, who brought up the subject of divorce? Yeah, you know, uh, it's a it's an interesting story. I, I think she she ended up bringing it up. She she asked okay. me to to leave, and uh, I was stubborn. I mean, we weren't doing well for a while, mm-hmm. and I wasn't willing to change at the moment, and. Uh, I'll tell this story here in a minute, but uh, I ended up apologizing to her later about this, but she brought up the separation and she brought up the divorce and um, asked for the divorce. And for a long time, that was a, that was a thing of pride for me 
where I was like, well, I didn't ask for it. I didn't do it. Mm. I didn't, I didn't make that decision. I would have stayed married. Well, I came to find out later that, uh, with, you know, a lot of reflection and, and with God, to be honest, the Holy spirit helping me see it is I forced her to do that. Like she didn't wow. have a choice. She, she had to do that because of the way that what I was living and what I that caused her. Yeah. To... You know, so of course, yeah, towards the end of our marriage, I mean, I was, I was, she'd go to bed and I'd, I'd stay up drinking and okay. uh, I wasn't there for my family and uh, it was it's just our relationship wasn't going well. We do counseling and I wouldn't implement anything. And, mm. and, you know, so I, I wasn't putting the effort and I had quit and I, and I don't even think I realized it at the time I had quit. I had already given up. And so when she decided to do that, it was, it was because she had to. I mean, she had to protect herself and Owen, our, our son. And uh, if she hadn't done it, I don't, I mean, honestly, I, I praised God about three or four weeks ago for for my divorce. And that was a weird day. Well, hold hold on a second. Happened. You praise God yeah. for a divorce. Yeah. So um, let me just be clear. God doesn't will divorce. He doesn't want divorce. Right. He never yeah. wants it. So let's, be, let's be clear about what the Bible says. He doesn't want that. But it had to happen in this instance. And I truly believe that if if it hadn't, I wouldn't be where I am today because I had to get to the lowest point to be able to realize how much I need him. And it's sad. I wish I, I wish I would have changed earlier. I mean, he gave me opportunities to do that earlier, right? He didn't want divorce, Mm -hmm. but I didn't, I didn't listen and I didn't do it. And so when I talk about apologizing to her, I actually, we went to a, I went to a conference with Zach Hommel and Tyler Tote and a bunch of just man, stellar, awesome men. Mike Schiff was there. Like it was, it was awesome. And, and so at that retreat, we did some breath work and, uh, in that breathwork time, one of the guys had helped me to see, I, we were talking he had gone through a divorce and, and I shared this a little bit on social a while back. And during his divorce, he said, yeah, we made sure that we never talked bad about each other in front of the kids, which I think is a huge, huge thing when you're going through a divorce is to not play the kids against each other. Right. And, and so I said, yeah, I do that too. And I said, but I, I do say when he says, Dad, I want you to come home. Dad, come home. Can you come home tonight? I'll say, I wish I could. I would if I could. And that that man said, you need to stop doing that. Whoa. Because that makes, that's the, that blames her. That tells your kid that it's her fault. And, and I was like, I was like this. I was like, you're right. Well, we went out to do breath work later. And to, to wrap this story up, we went out to do breath work later. And Zach talks a lot about with breath work, about the Holy Spirit and just allowing yourself to be, be in that space and how, a lot of times there's miracles happening all around us, but we just don't see them because we're not present. Mm-hmm. And so he's telling us to get present. Well, in that moment of being present, God goes, it's not her fault. Stop blaming her. And I was like, whoa. So I, I literally breathed in. And when I breathed out, I said, God, it's not her fault. I let it go. And I, like the biggest piece I've had in a long time came over me. And I was just like, okay. And then he says, you need to tell her that. And so I, I wrote her a, I wrote her a message and just said, um, hey, you don't have to respond. It's it's fine if you don't want to talk about this, but I just need to tell you that it's not your fault. It took a lot of courage to ask for divorce, and you you choosing to do that, you know, allowed me to heal and and to grow, and I, and I'm hoping it allows you to heal. And uh, I'm not saying it word for word of what it is because I don't have the text right. message in front of me, but I basically just said, hey, it's it's not your fault, and you need to if if that comes on to you or you feel like it's your fault, that's from Satan. You need to let that go and know that mm-hmm. like God is with you. And I truly believe that he he led her to that direction, even though he doesn't like divorce and doesn't want it. Um, I think he had to do it. So I'm I'm speechless, honestly. Um, whenever I hear about someone who can receive feedback 
and then act upon it to be that man of action. I mean, that's just, that takes a lot of guts to, to recognize that when we're full of pride and we want to blame other people and not ourselves, that's incredible that you're willing to let her know it's not, you know, it wasn't her fault. It was, because hmm. unfortunately you weren't stepping up, but you're lead, you know, drinking and not being there. Um, what was part of the reasons, if you want to talk about it, that you weren't showing up? Yeah, you know, I think I think a lot of it was was fear. I, I uh, some of the things that I've I've realized as I've gone through this process of of looking at the divorce and what happened and where we were that I had always put. Uh, I, I believe that there's a there's a hierarchy hierarchy in how we live our lives, and God mm -hmm. should be one. And then, then our spouse, then our kids, and and so on and so forth, right? Well, what I had always done is put my spouse above God. So God was here, my spouse was here. So as oh. things started to break down, she was my God, right? And so mm -hmm. she was up here. And so when that didn't work, I had nothing. And so I was scared. I was fearful. I was nervous. And, and I don't say that as an excuse. I say that as I put her in the wrong place. And oh, wow. so she needed to, I, I was forcing her to meet the needs that God needs. And I, I was make, I was putting that pressure on her to do that. So there, she couldn't live up to that. Mm -hmm. you know, only God can fill that space. Only God can fill that void. And so um, when that was happening, if I didn't get a need met, I felt like I deserved, I would, I would treat her poorly or things would start to have tension. And so I think once things started to go a, a certain direction, I, I just quit. And I, I don't even think I recognized that I had quit. Mm -hmm. uh, I just started to go to what, what made me feel better, which was alcohol uh, porn, you know, all of those things. Right. And so I, I'd go to the things that would make me feel better for a moment. And that's the kind of guy I was. I was the guy that wanted instant gratification, didn't care about the consequences. Uh, and I didn't live, you know, for the long-term satisfaction of what it could have been in our marriage. And it was sad. I mean, I look back and it's, that's the hard part about divorce, right? It's like, I've healed and I do feel peace now and, and God's uh, redeemed me and all of that. But mm -hmm. it's hard to look back and go, man, if I just had listened sooner, Right. My son wouldn't have to grow up in this, but you know, it's just, and that gets me, that still gets my emotions going, but that's the, like, if, if I had listened sooner and that's why I have such a call for helping, helping men in this situation and, and hopefully pre-divorce too, helping men figure it out before they get to that situation, because guys, whoever's listening to this, it's not worth it. It's just not worth it. And uh, whatever stubbornness or thing that you think that you deserve or that you think that she needs to be doing better, take ownership. Look at what you can do within and love her like Christ loved the church was a way bigger call than we realize, I think. And lay yourself down for her. If you're actually laying your life down for her and then she's still not responding, then, you know, you might have to work on some things. But if you're actually laying your life down for her, most women are going to respond to that. Yeah, especially when you do things in a very loving, caring way. I know as guys, sometimes we can be a little bit hard headed and we just want to go fix everything. Go boom, 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 boom. But we forget that a relationship is when we complement each other, where we focus on uplifting, helping each other, and not, you know, being overpowering, overbearing to one another. I mean, that's why since we've been talking about God, let's, let's bring this part up. Yeah, that's why when Adam, you know, was alone and a little bit lonely because he saw all the animals had their mates. It's God. That's why God took his rib. Yeah, that's why the woman and man would be side by side. And we can talk about, you know, roles and responsibilities, sure. And as a, as a different way of looking at things. But so how do you help men through pre-divorce? Do you coach men? Like, what do you do? 
Yeah. So I'm actually just, you know, full disclosure, just starting this out. Like this is just a vision that God's still putting, putting on my heart and I'm working through that. I have one man that I'm working with right now, but it's what he's putting on my heart is just to, to look at, okay, what can you do step-by-step step from day one mm -hmm. to be able to work towards where you're going? Number one, it's ask God for help. That's, that's where I start, right? You, awesome. you need to ask God. I don't care if you believe or not, just ask him because he's mm -hmm. going to, he wants to help you. But two, if you if you don't want to if you don't want to look into the you know religious side of it and and the Jesus side of it, which I see as the most powerful part of it, mm -hmm. but if you don't want to look into that, there's some practical things that you can do as well, right? Um, if you just put your phone down and go for a 20 minute walk every single day, that's been life changing for me. And I don't typically do 20 minutes. I mean, I'll walk. I just walk a lot. I try to put my phone down for at least 20 minutes a day. Um, you typically longer than that, but. Uh, I, I don't like checking it in the morning as, as often as, uh, as I probably do. And this is probably calling myself out right now about trying to get, get back to some discipline within that. But, right. but like one time I, I took a 10 mile walk around the loop and I don't think you need to do that, but that 10 mile walk without my phone of three hours of just silence allowed God to speak to me and teach me and show me some different things. And so if you can just implement a simple 20 minute walk, you're going to see some results. Because uh, Tyler, we, we're going to talk about him a lot because he's helped coach me and, and do things. But he talks about the power in the pause. Mm -hmm. And the second thing that I would talk about is when she sends something to you and it hits you and it makes you angry and it makes you frustrated, don't respond. Yeah. Just wait. Because typically, at least in my experience, when, they, when we would get in arguments, it'd be over a text message typically because we never wanted to talk to each other. And yeah. so... When that text comes, I want to, man, I want to fire back. I want to fire back. I want to fire back. And to be honest, she was way better at this than I was in the beginning. And she just she just would stop responding. And it pissed me off. I'd be mad. I'd be angry because she's not responding. Well, she was being smart because she was probably frustrated too. And there is a there is a big power in that and being able to just take a breath, realize you don't have to respond. And then uh, within that, even in life, like with your friends, when they send you a text message, you don't have to respond right away. You can have your own space. You can have that time to yourself. You can have that time to reflect, to think through different questions. If a, a business partner or someone you're working with sends you a message and it frustrates you, you don't have to respond right away. Right. And so there's big repercussions in that, even without talking about divorce, of just learning to pause, learning to take that breath, learning to... Uh, slow down and have that time to think before we actually respond. And so the the third thing within that, and I, I have a actually I have an ebook that I'm I'm finishing up with seven chapters, but I'll just go with one more. And one of it is uh, is breath work and Ooh, being nice. able to, to take that time to breathe. What I love, I know there's different there's different strategies, and I talk about a few different ones, and I've learned a few different ones. We learned on the retreat through Zach, which was awesome. Uh, but the one that I love the most is Wim Hof breathing, but it's I not it's not one I it's not one I use in the moment. But what, is it, what it has allowed me to do is breathe in the moment because I do it at night. And so I take that time to breathe at night. And so then when something hits me in the, during the day, I'm like, oh, breathe, like take a breath, take a second, take a second and breathe. Uh, and so, so those are, those are a few of the different strategies that I go over. Uh, and then it's just, it's just weekly accountability, being able to talk, being able to communicate, being able to, to have someone that you can text and be like, man, she's doing this today. And I just, I want to go off. I'm so mad. I'm so angry because you're going to go through that. Uh, okay. I, I've, I've talked in the book actually about how, um, you know, it says time heals all wounds. Time doesn't heal all wounds, but time gives us space for the opportunity to heal our wounds. 
And yes. so we need to have that time and space to be able to do that. And through that process, it's not going to be pretty. If my ex was on here today, she'd be like, it was not pretty. This guy did not treat me well. He did not do well in the beginning. But I, I would hope and I would think that if she came on here today, that she could be honest and say that he's been he's been working hard now to treat me well over, you know, since October to now trying to do the best things. Now, do we agree on everything with how we raise our son? No, but mm -hmm. that's that's reality. Even in a marriage, we wouldn't agree on everything that to raise our son. And so being able to have those conversations and talk through it. And she's opening up to me more than than she had before, not necessarily in conversation, but in terms of uh, the time that I get with my son and, and us being able to work through some different things to where it's not just uh, every Wednesday and then every other weekend, it's, you know, going to a soccer games, going and doing different things. And so uh, she's been really gracious in that. And I honestly believe that a lot of that graciousness comes from me owning my own crap, that if I hadn't owned it, she wouldn't have the trust to allow me to have that, you know, so. And that's honestly what it means to be a man is yeah. owning when you not do things right. And not just owning it and saying, yeah, well, I'm never going to do this. But then it's doing something about it. That's taking one step at a day at a time, one day at a time. I know that it's cliche as that sounds, and I say it all the time, but it's really a day. It's, yeah. it's really a step, a moment by moment. And it's an experience that you have to figure out and learn how to go through it. Whether that's reading a few books, whether it's talking to a few buddies, whether it's talking to a therapist or a counselor. I mean, finding someone that will care about you and support you, but also tell you when you're not doing things right. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the thing that's what's kind of harder. We always want to be told what we do well in, right? We always want to say, no, it's not your fault. You didn't yeah. do anything wrong. It's yeah. all her. And, you and you know, both the girls and the guys do this, right? Oh, yep, it's all her. Nope, it's all him. But it's never, unless you have that really good friend, and it's typically the quiet one, right? It's not the first one to speak. So always have a put and goes, Mm, I think you're part of the problem. Not saying the other person's not, but remember, it takes two to tango, so something's not going right. Well, and I, I'll add to that too that uh, one of the things that you know God's put on my heart with helping men is to yeah. help them collapse time a little bit because okay. what what you would hear from Tyler and Mike uh, if they were on here talking to you, and they, they'd be gracious with with me, but for the longest time in their group that I joined, I didn't do anything. Oh. I was I was just hurting but they stood by me and helped me in that. And so a lot of that process with divorce is just not going backwards. Yes. Right. Just being able to show up each day and being able to actually, I just gave my testimony this last weekend at a men's retreat. And one of the things I said about that group is I did nothing that they asked. I wasn't trying besides writing the one year letter to myself. I did nothing that they asked me to do, but I showed up every week. Mm. I showed up and I was a part of that group and there's a ton of awesome men in that group besides just Mike and Ty. And so yeah. learning, learning from them was, was awesome. And, but none of it sunk in until October. Right. And so it just took a while. And as long as I did, you know, it's a seed that takes time to sprout yep. and someone gives you an idea. And I do talk about this, like, we want our lives to be completely different. Like we want it to be a 180 now. Yeah. And we want to change from A literally to Z everything about our lives because a lot of times we're unhappy with our lives completely. That if we did a complete 180, everything would be great. Fortunately, realistically, be, I think, you know, that's why a lot of times I'll focus on let's define what is success. Like, what is the fine mm -hmm. way you want to do? And let's and focus on for everyone. What's, what is success, right? It's exactly. a, oh, it's completely different for everybody. Everyone. 
And what does it mean to be a man can be taken into that kind of same context for you? What is a man? If it's honoring your word and you write for you when you wrote that one year or so, are you going to honor that or not? Becomes the question. Yeah, well, and that, it was really cool when I shared that at the testimony. I actually I shared this with uh, the men's group, too, and, and Ty and Mike, that everything I wrote in that letter uh, yeah. outside of business, because um, I'm actually switching in what I'm doing, but mm-hmm. everything I wrote in that letter is true today of well, who I am. Let's go. That's awesome. So, so it's it's crazy because I, I look back and I wrote that on May 4th of 2022. Mm. So we're a month away from a year. Yeah. And... and it's just cool what God can do in in a short amount of time if you just open the door and say yes to him and allow him in, you know, and let him do stuff. And so having and then having that group of men that hold you accountable within that. And, and there were days, I mean, and Ty said all the time is just ask for the strength for today. You don't need the strength mm-hmm. for tomorrow because tomorrow's not here. Right. I mean, it talks about that in the Bible. Right. Don't, don't worry about tomorrow. You know, you can't add an hour to your life with that. So. So just just get the strength for today and keep moving forward and keep taking those steps and taking those steps and taking those steps. And eventually you're going to wake up one day, which is what I did. I woke up and I was like, I'm going to read my one year letter. I want to see what it says because I forgot. I don't remember what it says. Right. And I read that letter. and I go, no way. I'm doing these things like this is who I am. And and if you had asked me a year ago, I mean, honestly, it's what is it? Eleven months ago. Yeah. I would have said there's absolutely no way that this letter will ever be true. Not not in a year like ever. I didn't think it would ever be true. And, and now it is today. And so it's, it's really cool. And you talked a lot about ownership and, and, and just integrity, being a man of your word. And mm-hmm. uh, that's been the big word on my heart is integrity. Uh, I think I even posted a little bit about it today. And that was coming straight out of what I was thinking about this morning is I had a friend on the retreat that said, Hey man, you're dependable. You're a guy I can count on. I always knew you're going to be at our meetings. You're going to do everything that I asked you to do. He's the leader of the retreat. Mm-hmm. And I told him, I said, I appreciate that, man, because that's not who I was. It's not where I was. And so knowing that you can change, too, and it's not it doesn't have to be slow like that. Yeah. Those, these last two years felt like forever. But I've made the majority of those changes in the last six months. And and so it, it doesn't have to be as long as we think. But we and typically, if you take one step every single day, you're going to get there faster than than you think. And And just being able to do that and just continually be consistent, because you know, everybody online talks about consistency over intensity and it's true. It's yeah. true. Uh, yeah. Anybody can be intense for three weeks, but who's going to show up every single day for the next 10 to 20 years. And uh, you know that the story of the overnight success is the guy who's been working for 10 years, really, really hard. <clears throat> and then finally someone notices. Right. So, exactly. I mean, that's really what it is. And so anyways, yeah, it's a, I, I love that you talk about that. And I love how you just mentioned the guy, you know, it's like, Oh man, this guy's all successful. It's like, well, we didn't see him 10 years ago where he was, had no money in his bank, was struggling to get by, full of doubts and fears. And you hear about this all the time. People just woke up one day and wanted to do something about it. You know, that from David Goggins to you, to myself, Tyler. I mean, shout out to him, man, because he's, he's just oh, a yeah. positive force like no other. Yeah, and, and hey, by the way, everybody, if you meet him in person, he's exactly the same. So he's an awesome dude, yeah. Well, thankfully, actually, I had the honor and privilege of actually meeting him for the first time yesterday. Oh, sweet. No joke. Yeah, oh, that's no, right. No yeah, 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 yeah. So it was um, to actually talk with him, and we've been communicating for a while now, but he's just a, he's a very special man who 
is not even afraid to share his past of who he was because who you were is not who you are today. And that doesn't have to be you. And I think that's an excellent thing because I was talking to a few men today who are stuck in the past, who some incident happens and reminds them of the past. And Lao Tzu says this, if we live in the past, we're depressed. If we live in the future, we're anxious. The best way to live is in the present. And so for that man, it was really telling him, take the past as lessons. Take them as painful as they are, as, as painful as whatever happened to you. They are lessons. And you have a decision to make. Are you going to keep living in the past of your regrets that has robbed you, and key this, has robbed you of your joy, of your life, whether it be your relationships, your friendships, for years, or you make the decision today to take one step forward and not live in the past, but accept it as lessons so that way you can make a better future. And by making a better future, you make a better day. Well, and that's, it's so important. I mean, I think we get stuck in our past so often and and I still do, right? It comes up. It comes up. Uh, The biggest thing for me is, you know, in Christ, I'm a new creation, right? The old's Mm -hmm. gone, the new has come. Uh, And I'm living into that. I think that's a big piece of it too, is it's, it's not just that I can say that verse, it's that I'm actually doing it. And so I think that's a big piece of it too, is I think a lot of times when we get stuck in our past, we think we're still there. We believe we're still there and we haven't changed our identity and identity is so huge for me. Like I was in the, I was in the bar all the time, but I will, I will not call myself an alcoholic and not because I don't believe it's like, that's who I was. But the reason I won't is because of my identity, not because I don't believe the truth. And I don't get me wrong. I I know that there's, I've actually talked with another guy who is an alcoholic who says that it helps them to remind him not to go there. So I don't want to say that for everyone. But one thing that God has, has talked to me about that is that my identity for me is so big. And so I need to talk into who I am and mm. who I'm becoming, because if I don't do that, I'm going to sit in who I was. I'm going to oh, stay I love that. where I was. And I don't want to stay where I am anymore because that's not who yeah. I am anymore. And so I'm still going to make mistakes. I'm still going to yeah. mess up. I'm still going to, there's going to be times where that old man, Zach Holman called it the, the lower self and the higher self, right? The lower mm. self still He's still around, you know, he still, he still sneaks in every once in a while. He still whispers in your ear, Yeah. but now I'm the higher self and that's who I'm becoming. That's who I'm living into every single day. And so now I talk into that identity. I I talk into, well, I'm going to the gym today because that's who I am. Not because I have to, you know, I'm going to eat 2,200 calories and 200 grams of protein a day. Not because I have to, because that's who I am. You know, I'm going to, I am a 200 pound man. So if I'm a 200 pound man that's healthy and runs around with his kids, then I'm going to live into that identity. I love it. I'm not there yet. I'm 266 pounds. Like I'm not there yet. Right. But that's, but that's who I am. I know that that's who I am. And so same with, you know, spending time with God. We talked a lot about God on here. Cause that's just honestly, like I wouldn't be where I am today. And I'm going to share that in my rock bottom story. But like I, I had a DUI uh, about, about two years ago now. Mm. I should be dead. I should not be here. Why, why should you be dead and not be here? Because the, the report said that uh, the, a lady followed me and I was multiple times drifting into the other lane with a semi on coming. And right before the semi hit me, I drift back into the lane and keep going. I should not be here. I shouldn't be alive. Oh, my God. And so so like God, for some reason, and don't get me wrong, that that happens to people and it sucks. Yeah. It's awful and it's not good. But for some reason, 
he protected me in those moments. And so I'm going to, I'm going to live, you know, the way that, that he wants me to live and keep seeking that direction because, you know, I was almost at a, at a point where, and I shared this in my testimony this weekend, I was at a point where my ex was going to have to walk up to my son and say, dad's not here anymore. You know, like I could have been there. I don't want any other man to go through that. I don't want any other man to think that that's going to help you because it's not going to help you. It's not going to help you get to where you need to be. And so, yeah, it's going to hurt. Divorce sucks. It's painful. It's awful. But you don't have to live in that. You can feel the pain and still move forward. And that that's an important thing to understand is you can feel pain and still go and, and keep moving and the pain will get less and the pain will get less and the pain will get less. It'll come up every once in a while, but it'll you'll start to understand how to handle it and how to move forward. And and so, yeah, I wasn't planning to talk about that today, but that's what happens when you pray beforehand. You let God talk. And so, but uh, but yeah, and I'll be sharing that. I'll be sharing that soon. Uh, and well, I'm thank you because so it's not, much. Yeah. Thank you so much for being so courageous and sharing that you got a DUI and that you almost were killed. Yeah. It's not it's not a fun thing to share, but the but the yeah. reason I bring it I bring it up is because. I know too that I'm not that man anymore. So even if someone, you know, watches a podcast and is like, dude, what a tool he got a deal. It's like, well, I agree with you. I was being a tool. Like I was that guy, but I also know I'm not that guy anymore. Right. And I, I would never do that again. And, and God has rescued me and saved me from who I was and changed me into somebody who can, he, he takes our mess. He makes it a message. He takes our, our test and he makes it a testimony. I'm stealing stuff from Ty again because he shares a lot of this, this wisdom with me. But those two things that he said are true. And this last weekend, I got to share that testimony. I got to see uh, two guys at the retreat come to Christ. And then we found out since the retreat that two other guys came to Christ. Like he used. Oh, let's go. Yeah, exactly. So he used like and I shared my testimony there. And so like that doesn't mean I'm not making that about me. But what I'm saying right. is, is he used that story where if Satan has his way, I wouldn't even be alive to share that story. Yeah, I, and somehow God God changed that direct trajectory and and what happened and I'm just I'm forever grateful and so uh, I want to keep want to keep helping and, and trying to do what I can to help other men. You know that's just I'm like a speechless honestly of how unselfish that is. The fact that you could have said why well, I should have been dead and focus solely on that and go into a lot of guilt hmm. and shame, but you didn't allow that to happen to you. That you said. I'm going to take this and use it for a purpose. And I always say people can handle pain, but there has to be a reason for the pain. There has to be a purpose behind the pain or, or it just, it's just too unbearable. The loneliness, the drunkenness, the shame, the embarrassment and everything and all the financial costs that comes with getting a DUI and everything and oh, yeah. all great. the things that you have to do and showing up to court and maybe getting one of those, um, devices and so on too yeah i got that's a that's a crazy story too i actually got uh as a huge blessing i didn't have to have one of those but okay uh, nice. but even if i did like i would it would have been all right i would have i would have worked through it with with the lord but the but the the crazy thing too that you're talking about is that shame and that guilt and that frustration oh it was there for a long time it was there for a long time and and i think honestly once that left and don't get me wrong. There's still days where, where it, it pops up and you have to, mm -hmm. you have to be diligent about saying, no, I'm not there anymore. That's not who I am anymore. Uh, Cause it's, it's a process. It's not a, it's not a one day thing where you say, I don't feel shame anymore and I'm gone. Right. It's a process, but it was there for a long time and it kept me there. And so God doesn't want you to feel shame. 
like guilt, normal guilt. That's, that's, that's normal, right? Mm -hmm. We shouldn't feel bad when we do something bad. That makes sense. Exactly. Yeah. But I did something bad. And this is from the counseling background, right? I did something bad versus I am bad is completely different. Yes. 100%. And, and we have to, we have to understand that no matter what, no matter what we can be redeemed and restored and, and, and keep moving forward. Cause I'm going to still do, I mean, I'm going to make mistakes, right? I'm still going to do things that aren't, aren't great at times. Right. But I'm, I'm going to keep moving in a positive direction as I do that and just have to say, Hey, sorry, I, I, I don't know. I went too fast or I did this or whatever. I don't know. But, um, but there'll still be mistakes. Cause I, I'm not the thing that I, I said in my testimony a lot this weekend was I wasn't perfect, but I was obedient. Mm. We don't have to be perfect. But I needed to listen to what God told me to do and be obedient because there's a lot of hard conversations that I had to have when I came back from that retreat, retreat last October uh, in my business, in my life. Um, you heard some of it with apologizing to, to my ex and right. um, that came later, all of that stuff. And so now I'm going to have to continue to have hard conversations and I'm not going to be perfect. I'm going to make mistakes. But if I can continue to be obedient to what God's asking me to do, and, and I would even say that obedience to mentors and listening to what they say. Mm -hmm. um, discerning it and then doing it is also a way of, of that obedience of just trusting the men in your life to, to speak truth to you and, and, and to walk in that as well. Yeah. And I think, and also part of that is also having the, the strategy of how to do that. Hmm. It's one thing. So something I've been saying relatively recently, it's one thing to be told something. It's another thing to experience it. Yeah. And so I think a lot of times we get told like a lot of good ideas, but we don't necessarily always have the strategy and we don't have the experience. And that's why I try really hard to differentiate between knowledge and wisdom. Mm -hmm. Knowledge is obtaining information. It's knowing information. Wisdom is experiencing it and learning how to apply it. Mm -hmm. So I think that we kind of make sure we separate the two because they can kind of get interchangeable a lot of times, but it's like, no, we know that eating unhealthy ruins both the mind, the spirit, and the body. We know that. But until we experience it, we're always going to crave that ice cream, that instant gratification, that comfort food. So it's one thing having a treat here and there, but it's another thing to use it to comfort. Yeah, and well, and I, and I would I would continue on that with with because uh, I – I think it still says on my Twitter page, uh, the action is power, right? Knowledge is great. Action is power. And I think it, it yeah. speaks to that same thing of, of the knowledge and the wisdom piece, because that's really what it's about, right? Is, is the action piece of it when you experience it, when you know it. That's why when people talk to me about Jesus, I'm like, just, just talk to him every day. Just spend time with him every day. Because my own, my own personal experience is going to be different than yours. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, what do you, how do I phrase this? So with the Bible, right, the Bible is true. So God's not going to speak differently than what the Bible says, right? He's going to, right. we, got, we got to check it with his word. But I truly believe that if you spend time with him every day and you start to know his voice, I think I, I, I put a tweet out there a while back about how, why do, why do athletes know their coaches? Like, how are they able to listen to their coaches when they're screaming fans all around? It's because they're, they practice with them every single day. They know mm -hmm. his voice or her voice every single day. And so when the, when the stadium is just raucous and going crazy, they can hear him. Yeah. And so a lot of us Christians, right? A lot of us people or people who aren't Christians are like, God doesn't speak. He doesn't talk. He's not here. He's not saying anything. 
Well, I said the same thing during my divorce. God's not here. He doesn't care about me. He's not helping mm-hmm. me. Well, it's weird that once I started spending time with him every single day, I hear him a lot. Like, huh. When I start to understand his voice and listen for his voice and give him space to speak, I hear him more. And, mm-hmm. and it's the same. It's that same concept of doing that. And so I had the knowledge piece. I've been I've grown up in the church my whole life, but I didn't have the experience. I didn't have the understanding. I didn't have that that time with him and that wisdom of what he's put in my heart to be able to actually go out and do it. And now, if you know, if people see me, there's people that saw, have seen me from two years ago when I got separated to now. And I'm a vastly different person than I was, Amen. you know, a vastly different person than I was. Well, that's only because of God. And that's only right. because of making those experiential changes every day. And so um, not to get off off topic here, but the but one of the things you're talking about is that strategy mm-hmm. and, and going through the strategies. And so for me, the biggest thing for me, like I, I seriously two things. I read the Bible every day. That's a, that's like my main one. And then I get active every day without my phone. Like if you if you only did those two things, you're going to have a way different life in six months, way different life in six months. And and those were the two things that I started with. Like I I would read in the morning, and then I did four days a week in the gym. But it really and and trying to trying to walk a little bit. But I didn't. I just tried to be active. Uh, but I didn't add walking in until. I think it was four weeks in or five weeks in. I didn't add changing my diet for eight weeks. I think it was, or five or six. I can't remember. I have it. I have it written down because my mind just is funny, but, but uh, I started slow, but the one that I started first was I'm going to spend time with God every day. And then I put in, I'm going to be active, you know, four days a week. Then I was like, I'm going to be active every day. And then I'm mm-hmm. going to change my diet. And so it's, it takes time. Like now I look at it. If I went to somebody today that was in my position and I said, change your diet, change your weight training, change your walking, um, spend time with God, change your mindset, put your phone down. Like if I said all of those things, what would they do? They'd be like, I'm not doing anything. I guess too much. I can't do it. So just start with one thing. Start with one strategy. Uh, Do one strategy and then add another strategy when you can, you know, what, who is it? Atomic habits talks about habit stacking, right? It's not, we don't need to do it all at once. And look at me like six months from October to now, Talk to Ty. I mean, I'm a way different person. And I didn't really start most of this um, exercise stuff until till January or my food stuff until January. Sorry, I started exercise before that, but my food stuff until January. And so it it seems like it's going to take forever, but it really doesn't as long as we're just taking a step at a time. And like we've gone back to previous in this conversation, take that step. If you keep taking steps and you just add one thing, you're going to change a lot in a short amount of time, even though it's going to feel like forever at the beginning. No, absolutely. I know some people were, um, because I would tweet a lot about this all the time. Now get some people like, well, why one or two things? Like, that's not going to get you far. And I said, the whole purpose of doing one or two things is building confidence. Mm-hmm. It's building a routine and confidence that you can achieve it. And for some people, that's just getting up and making, just getting out of bed. Yeah. We don't realize how huge making a decision getting out of bed is. Because the moment you got out of bed is the moment you have to start moving. And then making your bed and then brushing your teeth, coming here, doing things that you need to take care of. So if you can just do one more thing, you're building confidence. And there's so many men out here today, and I know people in general, we focus on men, who lack confidence, who lack assurity in themselves, and they try to mask it with 
you know, fancy cars, clothes, but looking like they have it all where, and this is other people too, but think other people have it all, but you don't realize how broken we are on the inside. That there's a common thing that be like, man, you have it all. Like you got, you know, look like you can look at health. You lost 80 pounds. Like you got, man, you got everything on you. Like that's because, but you're not me. I don't know how broken I am and how much it took to get to this man I am today. To go from a man of inaction to become a man of action. It took brotherhood. It took a financial investment. It took humbling myself and recognizing that I was part of the blame. Maybe not the complete blame, because I don't know your marriage, I don't know what it was like and things like that. I had to take a lot of, a lot of the ownership for sure. For sure. sure. <laughs> And, and there's nothing, and there's nothing wrong with that. But we have to understand that to have a good relationship, a good partnership, is that we need to complement each other. That means when we screw up, we not only apologize, but then we start taking action. And that's where men need to do a little bit better. And men, we're going to be doing this together, right? Mom, we got this. Yeah. We can do this. Well, uh, and I would, I would add to that too. Is is even if even if you think that she's so talking about divorced men because that's where that's where I'm at yep. is even if you think that she should take the majority of the blame even if you think that even if you believe that in your heart mm -hmm. you can only clean your side of the street oh you can't clean hers right you can look over there a lot you can see this I got this from a mentor of mine that that I meet with weekly and he's just mm -hmm. an awesome man uh, and uh, God, he has a lot of good wisdom. And he said, he told me that. He said, you can only clean your side of the street. And so as I was thinking about it, I was like, well, yeah, I can, I can only do that. That's the only thing I can control. But I really want to look at the other side. I really want to look over there and see if she's doing any of the work, seeing if she's doing anything. Well, if she doesn't, can I still heal? That was mm -hmm. the question I started asking. If she doesn't do anything, can I still heal? And the answer is yes. Yes. You don't have to have someone else do something for you to heal. Correct. And so being able to take ownership of your side now, yeah, does it does it help if someone apologizes and do things? Sure. Sure, it helps. It makes you feel a bit like that's awesome. And, and we need to do that if, if we're called to apologize. We need to apologize and do those things and take the ownership that we need to do. But we can only control our side and clean up our side, get that broom up and start start cleaning what we need to clean. And I get the I always get the vision of like the street sweeper sweeping up the street. I was I, just thinking of that. I was literally just thinking the, the street sweeper, literally. And so I had to do a lot of that. And, How slow it goes. And then oh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and so, I mean, that's the thing. It's like the, the peace and joy that I feel in my heart right now has nothing to do with what she does. Right. And, and, and it shouldn't. You know, it's, it's something. And obviously with our story, it wasn't it wasn't the majority of her that she had to take ownership. It was me. And I honestly, with a lot of men, I think if you looked inside, there, there's some things you could take ownership of, especially in a marriage, right? But but even if it was, even if she was the, the biggest problem in the marriage and she did that, which she wasn't, if she was, it's still on my responsibility to heal my stuff. Right. And, and to give that to God and to let him heal it and let him work in it and let him do it. And and so like I, I told people this week and I said, I got divorced February 7th officially, officially divorced February 7th my real estate business that I was trying to do is going under and, and God's shifting me in a different direction with divorced men, obviously, but, mm -hmm. but that's going under and I feel the most peace and joy in my entire life. Like wow. that doesn't make sense, right? No, it those, those, two, those two things happening, I should feel anxious, nervous, frustrated, upset, all of those things. 
and doesn't mean that I don't feel those at times for sure. Right. But the majority of my life, I live in joy and peace because God has given me that and healed me and started to heal me and worked on that process. And I put the time in to do those things with him. And so that's the other th piece of it too. Zach helped me to see this when we were on the retreat is that you also, you also chose to do the work. Amen. You know, and Amen. so like God, God's there knocking, right? I always, I was did this this weekend where I was guys, he's at the door, he's going like this, but you still have to open it and then let him clean things up. And when he, when he goes to clean things up, you're going to have to do the work. You're going to have to work on it. And so you can take pride in that of knowing like not a bad pride, like a good, a good confidence. Yes. Let's go back to confidence, right? Go back to, yeah. you can take the confidence in knowing that you did the work but also the humility and understanding that without him, you wouldn't even have the chance to do the work. And so there's that, that, that brings the humility with the confidence. You know, you take action, you get confidence. You realize where you were, you get the humility of being grateful that you're even here. And so, mm -hmm. so being able to do that. And so that's a, that's a fun piece of it too, of just learning to, I, I've always liked that just cleaning my side of the street and um, yeah, there's still, I mean, Hey, I'm human. There's still things that I look across the way and I'm like, man, I wish, I wish this would happen or I wish this would happen. And I, now when I, when I think that way, a lot of times I'll actually do this, stop. Like I'll snap yeah. at myself and be like, just, no, just let it go. Cause that's your mind. That's how Satan gets in. He wants to get in. He wants me to be frustrated with her. And in reality, like, as you've talked, we've talked through this. I mean, this is just snippets of my story, but as we've talked through here, you guys can hear like it, I needed to take ownership. So when those thoughts come in, I'm just like, Nope, I'm not going to let myself go there. Is it, you know, take your thoughts captive, take them captive and say, nope, I'm not going to go there and just take ownership of what you can take ownership and then move forward. Amen. Well, Andy, as we wrap things up, you are officially a man of action. So I'm Oof. so glad to have you on the podcast. <laughs> as we wrap this up, what would you give someone who is in your shoes? Someone who's maybe not necessarily divorced, but maybe on the way to divorce, doesn't know where to go. How could you speak some words, some life of encouragement into them today? Yeah. The first thing I would say is just is breathe, take a mm -hmm. breath, understand that you're going to get through this one way or another, like take a breath, take time to pause. Like we talked about earlier, take that power in the pause. But number two, if there's a way to fix it, if there's a way to do it, take ownership of your stuff, mm -hmm. apologize, humble yourself and do it. Because I'll tell you the other side, it ain't worth it. It's mm -hmm. not worth it. It sucks. It's hard. It's difficult. It's not fun. Now there's times where it has to happen, right? There are times right. where it has to happen, but I just want you to know, like you can work through it. If you choose to take ownership, you choose to look to God, you choose to, to take a breath and know that you don't have to have it all fixed today. It's not all going to be fixed today. Maybe it may be ugly for another six months to a year to two. Mm -hmm. I mean, it may take time, but I would say put the effort in, take it one day at a time. Ask for strength every morning. And just, you know, one thing that you can do is go to your wife and say, hey, if things were perfect, if you had everything you wanted with a husband and with a father and what, what you want, can you share that with me? Can you tell me what that would look like? Wow. And then how can I help you? How can I help you do that? Because we're called to lay down our life for our wives. Yes. So are you actually doing that? Are you actually laying down your life for your wife? Cause that's something that I would ask myself before I just made that choice to walk away and go a different direction. And it's hard guys. It's hard because we, we have that pride and I could talk about this forever. So I'm just going to end it there. But like that, we, we have that pride. We don't want to do that, but, but have that humility and maybe ask God too and say, Hey, 
Is it me? Am I the one messing up here? And be willing to hear the answer and then take action and do the work. I, that's just well said, amazing. And men, you heard from him. So if you need to go back and replay that, you go back and you replay that words of life and that encouragement because that could be the one thing to save your marriage, to save your life, and for you to become a man of action. Andy, thank you again for hopping on, sharing your story, being courageous, being brave. And I'm so glad that you took that opportunity to go from a man of inaction, from drunkenness to DUIs, to divorce, to a man of action. Someone who's confident, bold, and now has a group of brotherhoods. You know, that has Zach Hummel, shout out to him, Tyler Ty, and uh, Mike Schiff, like all those great guys. So go out there, be the best man you can, and live life, and be gracious to all. Be blessed yeah. today. Zach, hey Zach, real quick. I don't want to end. I don't want to ruin your ending, but I just want to say this real quick. Go ahead for it. Go for it. And I apologize if this ruins the thing. You can edit this out if you want. It does. No, no, no. Go for I it. I want to say one thing because I was just thinking about it at the end, and I'm a I'm one of those guys that when you can when you can say five words, I say thirty. So I talk go a lot, it, but but I want to say one thing too. If you're where I am, and you're already divorced, know that that's not the end that you can move forward, you can grow, you can change, that divorce doesn't define you, and you can you can still have a great life and move forward, and God still has good for you. So, so know that there's two ways, right? You can go back and work on your marriage, and I hope that's what happens. But if it doesn't, know, too, that you can still heal and grow, and you can still move forward. I'm living example of that. So, so please make sure that you do that. All right, back to Zach. <laughs> All right. And don't forget to go follow Andy, and I'm sure you can DM him for his coaching services. And if you're a divorced man, go check him out and see if he can be a blessing to your life. This has been the Men of Action Podcast. Be blessed today.